and welcome to Weird State. I'm Kate. And I'm Allie. And we are two married lesbians who are going to take you on a weird and wacky tour of the United States. Today, we are in Alaska. So congratulations on making it to episode three. We're so thankful. Anybody at all who Anyone out there. Anyway... (laughs) What we are drinking today is UFO Winter Blonde. We tried to make hot chocolate with peppermint liqueur in it, and then we got nervous about drinking it on our bed where we record. Yeah, so so we didn't do that, and also I don't really know if there's anything that's like an official drink of Alaska. I mean, I was going to go for straight whiskey, but hey. It's not too late. But UFO Winter Blonde um, seemed appropriate. Yeah. And we can always switch it up for true crime and clink our glass and our whiskey. Yeah, yeah. true crime <laughs> in Alaska is going to be a doozy, so stay tuned. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so we're doing urban legends, monsters, and weird shit today, um, which Alaska has a bunch of that. Yep. So, Allie, okay. why don't you go first? Okay, I like uh, that democratic decision making right there. Yeah. All right, so I, I went with a lovely classic haunted castle, and it's super fun because it's a haunted Russian castle in Alaska, Alaska. where Sarah Palin can see Russia Russia from her backyard house. House, yeah. You know, she's got reality TV shows now. Who even needs government when? Does she? she? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh. (laughs) Anyway. So, the Russians were very busy leading up until 1867 when Alaska got handed over to the U.S., uh, setting up a nice little monopoly in the otter fur trade. Um, Oh, no. Yeah. This relates to my urban legend. Oh, we keep doing this. Ah! (laughs) Keep going. Anyway, well, well, the Russians are going to get it from those otters. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) <laughs> I, that's about what I was about to say. I really hope they do. Never mind. Okay. okay. We're waiting. So anyway, so the Russians in true colonizing fashion are basically waging an ongoing and, you know, bloody war against the Tlingits, the um, the native people in the area. Um, and they set up a castle after they their first castle got burned down. But they set up another castle uh, in New Archangel, which is... That's... A wild name. Yep. So that became Baranoff Castle, and it's named after a longtime governor of the province, Mr. Baranoff. What's his first name? Who knows? But Mr. Baranoff's responsible for our story today. Okay. And and the story gets retold many, many times. Uh, The first time it was written down was in, I think, the late 1880s. And then it was published in a newspaper in a local newspaper in Alaska in 1896. And then from there, it was adapted into verse and then written again as folklore in 1922. So there are like seven versions of this. Cool. Um, I'm going to try to tell this story essentially as it was like the, the core of it and the embellishments as needed. Oh no, I'm scrolling through my source site. And, and there's an apocalypse countdown, countdown. and it yep. says... We only have 13 days left to be alive on this whole earth. But, okay, wait a minute. It's, that says 13 days to go till January 1st. 
2020. Which apparently is going to be Armageddon, That's according to this person. Four days away. So, anyway. Uh, I okay. Hope you, I hope you get to listen to our podcast and the world doesn't end. Uh, I mean, it's, like, weird because remember a couple years ago when that guy was like, it's the rapture. Oh, yeah. my pro- That was my prom night. Yeah, and, like, yeah. everyone was making fun of it and it was, like, memes on memes and, like, it was really funny. But now people say these things and it's like, oh, that might be a little too real. Are we going to joke about that? Like, I'm not a prepper by any means, but I'm like, no. ooh, shit is is burning. Yep, and we're not ready, so... Uh, anyway, let's go back to the place where shit is not burning because well, it's it, cold. And it already burned down and once. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ooh, too soon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it was like the 1700s. I mean, in context <laughs> of you telling the story. Okay. Sorry. In Apologize story, it's for already, castle. It's already burned down once in the story. Okay. So, so Baranov um, is the governor of this province, and by all accounts, he's kind of like a tight-fisted kind of guy running his little dictatorship, like, oh, look at me, I got a new kingdom in the new Ooh. world. I'm so cool, my name's Baranov. And for some reason, the reason ranges from, like, you have to be married to hold a certain position in the fur trade or um, uh, propriet- um, what is not proprietary properness Pro- properness um, propriety proper proper for properness reasons <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh, the, there had to be this marriage conveniently and the gu- the guy who has to get married is like not not the best looking he has like coarse manners he is a little bit of ill repute he's a little older he's this is pre- a enough guy no no this is a guy um in the in the upper echelons of the society okay. in his in his castle court land okay and he like needs to get married for whatever reason that you so choose proper uh, properness um and this story is happening in about 1820 okay so we're coming up on the centennial, so that's fun. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Otters. So Baranov's like, oh man, we got this princess here, and princess in Russian whatever was kind of just like this upper class lady, like related to the royal family. So anyway, Baranov's sitting there like, oh, we got this princess. So we got this princess just hanging out here, and she's young and beautiful. How as, convenient. As, 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 so convenient. But turns out she's in love with this midshipman who's m- close to her age and like uh, he's either like in the, a naval officer or something like that. So like more age appropriate and like actually had feelings versus trying to climb society shit. Yeah. Who does that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so the this lady who's one who's either Baranoff's nephew or the daughter of one of the old governors. Take your pick. You is- mean Baranoff's niece. You said Baranoff's nephew. What? Oh, yes. You know what? Mm-hmm. Fuck gender. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so she's in love with this midshipman of, like, a lower class who's, uh, in some stories in the Russian Navy. She's told, oh, you gotta marry this guy. And she's like, mm, hate that. But then Baranoff's like, no, you gotta marry this guy because you're not a person in under the law. Oh, yeah. That's a throwback. Yep. And she's like, well hate this and then he's like oh but um also your lover died at sea um that's that's <laughs> sus yep i'm guess where his i'm lo- sus about guess that. where her lover actually was in in the dungeon 
in Siberia. Yes. Oh, shit. Not wrong. Um, yeah. So. Rude. So she's getting married off to this man with coarse manners and blah da 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 So there is one version where the, uh, where, like, completely, like, these names aren't right or anything. We have no idea if these people even existed. But in this version, um, her name is Olga, and she is the niece of the former governor, Governor Mareyev. Don't expect me to say anything right. I- okay, I mean, <laughs> we don't even know. We don't even know. Um, so anyway, in this charming version of the story, she is forced to get married, um, rushed into the ceremony and everything, and then on the wedding night, the uh, young midshipman she's in love with, Demetrius Davidov, comes rushing back, and she's like, oh, shit, I got, like, you know, like, rushed into marrying somebody else and, like, just consummated my marriage. Yikes. Fucking hate everything. And I'm ashamed and propriety... That's the word. Yeah. Yeah, propriety. Propriety demands that um, I, you know, hate myself because I'm a woman and da-da-da-da-da. Yikes. So on all that charming note, she runs to her lover as he enters and, like, he's, like, escaped or just, like, been, like, out at sea or something, like stories vary but in this version he gets back and she runs to her lover and like embraces him grabs the dagger out of his sheath and kills herself with it that's dramatic it is dramatic she could have murdered her husband and then she would have been a wealthy widow yeah concept um but (laughs) and run away yeah with davidov davidov I don't know. Dev- um, Dev- I, I'm Dev- saying things nasally, hoping that they sound right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, he's looking on in horror, and then he kills himself. Because, you know, why bother? He's like, oh, I can't live without you. Yeah. It's- I also, like, I don't know, just escaped from Siberia, I guess. Yeah. And, like, Romeo and Juliet's a good trope, so let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they're, they're buried in the same grave, and you can see the single cross out the window of the banquet hall until the castle burns down again oh (laughs) okay more fire yeah um in other versions of the story she just like he never comes back and she just kills herself on her wedding night so none of these are good but they all end with her getting to haunt crap out of the castle cool Um, so she becomes the mournful woman in black stalking around the hallways for like and it's such a widespread story that by the 1890s they're like publishing in the newspaper like trying to explain it and i love this trope just because it's especially like like this the tormented woman gets to turn into the scary figure in the dark who does the tormenting in the end where it's like okay like no agency in life everyone else gets to suffer because In in her afterlife yeah because she didn't get her fair share in life which, like, it's not a happy story, but it's, like, one of those, like, it's, like, the witch trope where it's, like, you get yourself free of patriarchal control and then suddenly you're powerful and scary to everyone else. It's, like, a little satisfying. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of, like, that bittersweet with a touch of, like, it's got that dead men can't count call vibes to it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, she's haunting the castle for decades and then castle burns down. Guess what they build? Don't look at my screen. Oh, okay, not looking. I don't know where else to put my eyes. Look at our abstract blanket pattern. Okay. <laughs> so she, so she's haunting the castle. Castle burns down again. Guess what they build on the spot where the castle was? Another castle. Nope. It's better. A hotel. 
Nope. A church. A lighthouse. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be haunted as fuck. It was haunted as fuck. Um, so it's still on Castle Hill. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. It was a lighthouse attached to the castle. Because uh, apparently okay. we want to put a big fire attached to the castle already that burned down twice. Great. Good. Yes. Uh, so the ghostly princess continued her vision, her visits, excuse me, twice a year. Da 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 da. I'm going to just, in sorrowful, in sorrowful and lachrymose mane, she wandered about the castle mourning the fate of her dead lover. Accompanying her visits was the fragrance of wild briar roses. When the new castle was built in 1837 and the lighthouse placed in its crown, the ghostly princess continued her visits. Those who tended the light complained that weird noises would fill their ears on certain nights. Sometimes a fire would go out as she walked through the corridor below the tower. And that's a retelling from 1955. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's mine. Just, and she's still supposed to be there even though there's no castle there anymore. There's no um, lighthouse there anymore? No castle, no lighthouse, just a hill called Castle Hill. Fascinating. So she just haunts yeah. the hill? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think it's the lore is that it's twice a year, you are walking along the hilltop at night, and your ears are filled with strange sounds that kind of sound like crying, mm. and you get a sense of dread and misery. Yeah, she just kind of, she's got her spot, and she kind of, she's still there. Could also be... Because you're in the middle of Alaska on a hill. Like, I would not have wanted to be a keeper of that lighthouse. That oh, yeah. just uh, uh, doesn't sucks. sound really great. Yeah. Not only am I on this hill rock mm-hmm. in a lighthouse and it's cold, I'm also very much in the middle of a desolate area where I'm not getting supplies or interacting with people probably for a long time. That yep. sounds not great. Yep, but we can't get to personify all your misery into the figure of one wronged woman. Okay. Because we love turning women into archetypes, except in this version, she's, you know, a very vicious and powerful archetype, so I'm okay with it. So, I have, like, a twofer. Okay. So, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Alaska Triangle. Okay. That sounds like a place you shouldn't fly a plane into. Yeah. Or go, like, on a hike in, or anything at all. And my source for this is legendsofamerica.com. So, it's called the Alaska Triangle, sometimes also called Alaska's Bermuda Triangle, and the three points on it are Barrow, Alaska, in the north, it's like all the way up north, uh, by the Arctic Ocean, and then you have Anchorage down south, and then even further south over in the corner you have Juneau. Okay, um, that's a huge so, chunk of yes, state. Yes, so that's like, that is a triangle, everything that's in between those three points. People go missing specifically in that area at a very high rate. People, planes, all kinds of things like that. All that good shit. In that area, though, there's like a lot of wilderness and uncharted territory. Yes, as you do. That's pretty unforgiving. So I'm going to say if you were to like be like, I just want to go on a a little fun hike here. No, don't do that. That's bad. Pro tip, don't. Yeah, pro tip, uh, don't go into the Alaskan woods alone at night. We'll get to that more in the the next episode like okay that seems like a pretty basic starting point yeah but i feel like also some people are probably like i want to go for a nice walk in the woods i've lived here my whole life i know it mm, like yeah. let me just let me go in my brain everyone's a tourist and wants, is, yeah and just wants true. to go look at the stars like or like maybe they're hunters like let me go hunting let okay. me get some food yeah. like then, i'm like, in you, alaska but you know something about the lander in you should so in either of your scenarios whereas in mine you're just you're just well, and shiggles. you still disappear anyway apparently oh, but 
The area began attracting public attention around October 1972 because there was a small private plane that was carry- carrying U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs. That's, that was his oh, name. That's, yeah, um, his sounds like a witch name. who made up a name. Hale Boggs! I know nothing about this person, but it just sounds like a witch name. Ne- neither do I, <laughs> and I don't want to, like, make fun of the presum- presumably dead, just It's 2019, it, soon to be yeah. 2020. This Who was the House Majority Leader, but... Well, yeah. Anyway, Hale Boggs! Too real. Hale Boggs! <laughs> yeah, did somebody... Are we on to something bigger than just this an 19- Alaska Triangle? This in is the 1972. Se- it is 1972 we're talking well, about. Well, fuck. <laughs> so anyway, House Majority Leader Hale Boggs, Alaskan Congressman Nick Begich, and an aide, uh, doesn't say for who, Russell Brown, and their Bush pilot, obviously the guy flying the plane named Don Johns. His name is actually Don Johns. This I Don what, Don Don Johns <laughs> has me suspicious. The fact that his name is Yeah Don Johns like and a, it's Johns with a Z. So it's like what the hell? Don and John are spelled exactly the same with one letter of difference and then Johns with a Z. I don't know. I'm suspicious of him. Sorry again, don't want to speak ill of like the but probably it's like, not if, but alive. Like, okay, like but in my brain it's like what he if they were all... like a mob person? Well no, he sounds like okay, I'm a fae who had to make up a name to come into the human world. <laughs> or, and now we're just leaving. <laughs> or that. <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyway, so October nineteen seventy two, they get on this plane. For some reason they're flying over the Alaskan bush. And they seemingly vanish into thin air. So they're flying from from Anchorage to Juneau, which honestly, if you look on a map, like for a plane, isn't a very far leap. Like, look. Yeah. So it's not like... It's not yeah. like a huge flight. For those of you who did not have a map just shown to you, it is not a very far leap. Can yeah. confirm? Yeah. Um, so it gets weirder because for more than a month, 50 civilian planes and 40 military air- aircraft, plus dozens of boats that are down in, in the waters around this area, they they search over 32,000 square miles. Okay, that's, that's a chunk. But they don't find any trace of the plane at all. The men. No wreckage, no debris, like, no nothing. I mean, maybe the plane could have gone wildly, of course, and, like, crashed somewhere else, but still, like, that's... That's a huge area. a huge area, and it's really weird, and, you know, it's military personnel who have a type of formula in order to chart out search patterns a certain radius, so they they just find nothing. So my Faye theory is looking better and better. Could be Faye. Could Could be. I'm gonna go with Faye until, um, you say something else upsetting. Well, (laughs) Well, because after... So after this... I don't know if it was just because of the, like, focused attention on the area now after that mm-hmm. happens. And, you know, that's, like, a big thing because it's, like, the House Majority Leader and Senator. Mm-hmm. But after this, more planes go down and hikers also start to go missing or we just start to notice it more in this area. And even Alaskan residents and tourists seem to vanish into thin air. Um, there was, like, an unfortunate movie made called The Fourth Kind about, like, residents in Nome, Alaska vanishing, and it was, like, a bunch of BS, and it wasn't great because, like, the FBI opened an investigation to what actually happened, yeah. and for that, it just seemed like uh, people were just, like, wandering and, like, getting lost, like, mm. in the snow, which wasn't great. For the movie, they just made it look like people got lost in the woods? No, for the movie, they made it look like people got abducted and murdered by, uh, ancient Sumerian aliens. Oh, different. Yeah, and no, the people of Nome, Alaska were like what the fuck we this is not cool like like this is something like 24 people went missing in our very small town with a population of less than 4,000 in like a 40-year period and Mm. so can you not like it's not aliens it's not aliens (laughs) 
Might be um, Faye, but it's not Creepy aliens. shit happens in Alaska, but we are drinking UFOs. Uh, hey, look at that. Yeah. We're, we're better than we know. We are. But, so, since 1988, more than 16,000 people have disappeared in the Alaska Triangle. What the fuck? Yeah, it has a missing person rate of more than double the national average. Okay, okay. Yeah, in any mm. given year, 500 to 2,000 people go missing in Alaska and just completely disappear. Nobody ever sees them again. Nobody knows what's happening, which is why we'll get to it next episode. But if you are, say, a serial killer operating in Alaska, oh, it's pretty easy for for you to just get away with that for a long time. Unless you're descending into the lower 48 and going on a spree and eventually getting caught. But anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. Zero keys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, whoa, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Gonna say It'll something. come. Oh, um, to you. so all those disappearances is do you think that's why Philip Pullman put the window to the other world that was left open? I'm getting there. Oh, god damn kind it. Kind of. I not, I'm, not, I'm not mentioning Philip Pullman himself, but okay. so a lot of people have a lot of different theories about like why this happens. Like, I mean, obviously, the most logical one is like it's Alaska, it's the last frontier that America has. There's just uncharted wilderness out there and people are just wandering into it and getting lost okay but it's still really Mm. weird that it's like the numbers it's in so people say okay severe weather maybe other people say yes aliens yes aliens (laughs) but then other people say energy vortexes which is kind of like a philip pullman thing okay and then what i'm gonna get to later some people blame it on an evil shape-shifting demon is of it the- Tlingit Native American lore called the Kushtaka. Is it Otter Revenge? It is Otter Revenge. Yes! Yay! I will get to that. I will get to it. Oh, man. Of course, this person says the most likely explanation of this of these missing people is just the wilderness, people wandering off, getting lost in, like, a forest. Like, oh, my gosh, all these trees look the same. Did I come from this way or that way? I don't know. There's mountains. There's glaciers. There's caves. There's crevices where, like, downed aircraft or lost hikers can, like, be hidden and then covered by oh, snow. Yeah. There's also wild animals that could, like, you know, just probably mm. like carry things from one place to another yeah got some bears up in that arctic got name some for bears. bears but a lot of people surprisingly support the idea of these energy vortexes within the triangle they're Philip Pullman. into oxford yeah yeah well not oxford alaska you know so what? You, yeah. scientifically energy vortexes are thought to be swirling centers of energy concentrated in specific places where just like something about the magnetic field like concentrates i think it's like magnetic forces some type of like yeah and like electrons or whatever like get excited in the uh in the atmosphere and that's the northern lights and exactly so yeah yeah, like the northern lights would be considered like i guess an energy vortex so they think that maybe there are pockets of this like in this alaska triangle and maybe some weird shit happens we don't know um but they are thought to affect humans in various physical mental and emotional ways apparently the energy radiates in a spiraling cone shape clockwise or counterclockwise uh, like this magnetic force. Some people think that these vortexes are conducive to healing, meditation, creativity, and self-exploration. So, like, nice. you know, our good friends from the 1800s who were starting, like, healing minds and shit might have wanted to post up there in Alaska uh. to find these energy vortexes. Uh, oh, I guess that went really well. Nope, nope. No, don't no. don't rub radioactive material into your skin. Oh, shit, yeah, please that's, don't. That's bad. Uh, Dear listener, don't. <laughs> but, yeah, apparently people today still actively search 
these places out to feel recharged or uplifted. So maybe some of these people who disappeared were like trying to look for these purported energy vortexes. Yeah, so scientifically though, scientists have found large concentrations of magnetic anomalies in Alaska and in the Alaskan Triangle. Chill, chill. Uh, Some of which have actually disrupted compasses, which this could be another reason why people go missing. Disrupted compasses to the point that they're as much as 30 degrees off, which is like a wild deviation. It's like, oh, you think you're going north? No, you're actually like 30 degrees east. That's not good. You have a map? Well, fuck that. Fuck your map not gonna work and in addition some people who are like SAR people like search and rescue people coast guard everything like that uh have reported having audio hallucinations uh disorientation and lightheadedness uh that kind of correlate with i guess these high magnetic fields or the fluctuations in magnetic fields which makes sense but like does it make sense medically does that i mean i guess it depends on like you what are these forces do you have fillings in your mouth do you have metal in your body i mean i don't know so much about this scientifically but i'm sure there could be some type of there's got to be some type of explanation there must be an explanation there must be an explanation i have a coat that makes me look like scully up (laughs) just just for notes but yeah uh this person says it's unclear whether these vortexes really exist and the theory has been open to a good amount of skepticism but is it possible perhaps So, you know, despite the warnings from authorities regarding weather, wildlife, environmental conditions, hundreds of tourists still visit Alaska to see the beautiful, unspoiled land, and many of them are like, what's weather? I don't know what weather is. What's it like being out in the natural elements? That's- I- hype Mount Monadoc. I can go to Alaska and be in the wilderness be fine. No. No, you can't. Please. Just get a hotel. Get a, or get a guide. Like, get somebody who knows their shit. Um, some of these people probably become lost in the middle of nowhere, which result in the numerous search and rescue operations performed each year. But, despite that, it doesn't explain why there are more than double the national average of disappearances in the Alaska Triangle than elsewhere in the state. So we don't really know, but, you know, so so the theory of the Kushtaka. Yes. Otter, Let me get back otter. there. So this is... This, I'm rooting for the otters. This is some otter revenge. So this, oh. this was interesting to me because um, we just saw a beautiful movie this week uh, called Song of the Sea, and it has to do with the Celtic legend of selkies, which are benevolent. <laughs> are they? Well, no. in some um, in this, in Song of the Sea, they are benevolent okay. seal people. In actual lore, well, it yeah. varies whether they are benevolent or not. Uh, yeah, sometimes but- they can be evil, and sometimes they are not. Sometimes they fall in love and marry mortal yeah. men, but then, of course, they, they're always called back to the sea. So, um, it's this whole thing. But so, Yeah, so we're talking about Celtic legends right now with that. Yes. As opposed to... As opposed to this... Alaska. Indigenous Alaskan legend of the Kushtak. So, Alaska, you have the Klingit people, yes, which I, you talked about. Yes, I tried to listen to the pronunciation enough on YouTube that I would get it right. Who knows if I did. I know. Apologies if we didn't. Mm. We're, we're trying with that. I didn't want to just keep saying uh, indigenous peoples. I wanted to try to be like, this is, this. these are the people and this is their name. This is the nation. Anyway, so this is a legend from them called the Kushaka. Uh, so otters, right? They're cute. They're, They're cuddly. They're, They're adorable. Awesome. Hermione's uh, Patronus. Patronus is an otter. Is an otter. No matter how much J.K. Rowling sucks, that's a cute Patronus. It is a cute Patronus. And J.K. Rowling does. Does yeah. suck. Yeah. 
Um, so otters live in Alaska, apparently in the wild. Aww. I didn't really know that. I feel like I should have just assumed that otters lived up there. Look at the cute little but face. They're adorable. They're like little sea puppy cats. <laughs> so, uh, but the population was completely decimated for the 19th century due to the fur trade, but they've been reintroduced in the 1960s. But the indigenous people are like, don't fuck with the otters, because they're going to get fucking revenge on you, because they're really all Kushtaka. Okay. So, we think, oh, cute, sweet, cuddly otter, you're so great. Puppy kittens of the sea. I want to go play with you. But the legend is not cute, or sweet, or cuddly, I'm or still, anything like I'm that. I'm still rooting for them so far. So, the Tlingit believe that some otters are actually shapeshifters that can shapeshift themselves to look like mortal men. Uh, but they're actually kind of evil or, or getting revenge. I like the narrative where they're like, they're getting revenge on like these shitty Russian castle people. Yeah, these shitty capitalists just coming through decimating local populations just to be like, hello, I would like a monopoly here and here and here and also a castle. So apparently Kushtaka's purpose is to trap their victims' souls and prevent them from reincarnating. So they basically are Ooh, like, you me. are damned to hell forever. I am Wait, shit, that's, eating that, your soul. That kind of really circles back to my story sure does oh boy so here's kind of what the the legend is like so you would be a person walking through your village or you'd be hunting in the woods or you'd be fishing um and then either one man or a whole group of men approach you they look like they're of your tribe and you have no clue that they're really evil otter people called the kushtaka um, in some cases, these creatures do appear when you're lost or injured and claim that they're there to rescue you, but they're actually not. And then mm. they just lead you deeper into the wilderness and either just tear you to pieces Oof. or if they're like, okay, we, we have a little bit of mercy on you, they turn you into a kushtaka. Okay, so you get to be a soul-eating shapeshifter but forever. But both of these things prevent your soul from being able to reincarnate. Mm. So you can never, ever reach the highest level of, like, transcendence. You just you just never get there. You're, just, you're damned to purgatory, I guess, as an otter person. Do you, like, are you alive forever? Or are you... I, it does seem like you're immortal. Like, these, mm. these things do seem immortal. But still, like, you are a sweet baby otter by day, and then you just... <laughs> Eat souls, I guess, all at all other times. That's that's your purpose you in know, life. I'm still rooting for the otters. So groups of Kushaka are super dangerous. Like one is obviously pretty dangerous, but like groups of them together, you're like, oh shit! Like uh, I was fucked with just one, but now I'm super fucked and set out backwards. I don't know, cause they're just like over there in the water looking like otters, and then all of a sudden you hear sounds that sound like women and children screaming. Oh. Like, in distress, like they're drowning or something. So you, presumably, I guess, in this a good person legend, <laughs> either a good person or, like, a, a tribal man, that's what it sounds like, yeah. that they mainly they target men. lure men. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they're kind of like a siren type of story, almost, oh. it seems like. Uh, you know, this really reminds me of, like, Kelpies. Where yeah. it's like they appear as a horse and like a man gets on the horse's back. And then it then it, they take it. Just its dies soul. into the sea. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so like you're running towards like the sound of the women and children in distress, and then they see you coming and they're like, This is perfect. <laughs> now we're gonna eat your soul or turn you into one of us and you'll never escape. Mm. 
So the Tlingit say that it's the otter's cuteness that actually make them so dangerous. Oh, no. Because we're drawn to their playful nature, and so it's easy to miss the fact that these shapeshifters really want to consume our souls and condemn us to spend an eternity wandering around in Alaska. Um, And I think they were even like, oh, yeah, like, obviously we warn everyone about them, but you still get duped because you're like, no, 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 that's, that's so cute. That's cute. I just want to go near them. They are. Otters are really (laughs) fucking cute. And they play. They, like, they pick up little shells and they play with their little hands. Let me tell you about the antidote to a kushtaka. Oh, shit. There's, okay. I love love stories with antidotes. There's a safeguard and it's another cute and favorite thing. Is it a kitten? It is not a kitten. Is it a puppy? Yes. Yay! So, Yay! So if you have a dog with you, oh. the Kushaka will not go near you. A plus. Because they are super terrified of dogs in the same way that vampires are super afraid of cats. Yes, I love it. Or And mummies. Don't forget the mummies. Oh, mummies are also afraid of cats. <laughs> but yeah, so apparently, um, like, mothers in Alaska or parents in Alaska are very fond of this legend. Um, and the oral tradition, as we know, uh, within indigenous peoples is beautiful and alive. And, and so these beautiful folktales are still told today and passed down. Um, and apparently people are really fond of this, telling it to their children to keep them from wandering too far from home. Um, uh, and also, like, always having your dog with you. Never heard of a folktale uh, that, you know, encourages you to take safeguards being used socially before. Never one. Never, ever. ever. <laughs> but I, I think the dog part is interesting. Uh, but I think if you do probably think about whatever the Alaskan tundra is like, uh, you probably are safer if you take your, your dog. family dog yeah. with you, you know. Yeah. and it, As long as it's not like a mini schnauzer. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure. No, uh, uh, th- this, this specific site, which I should say. Um, said that, uh, you know, like Alaskan Malamutes and Huskies and stuff seem to be the like yeah. the sled dog type of dog is okay. the preferred, the Samoyed and things like that. Okay. Um, uh, so this is from a site called Only in Your State. But yeah, so that is the story of Otter Revenge. They will come at you and eat your soul and then damn you to being in a barren wasteland and wandering the tundra for eternity and you're never able to ascend and reach enlightenment. That makes my story so much sadder honestly yikes <laughs> i don't know you think the otters got revenge on your princess or do you I think mean, she was like a product of like the fur the otter fur trade monopoly yeah but i feel like she um, was innocent in it i feel I like they know. i feel like they should take well i think they did like some supernatural juju to take to burn baron Elf's castle down twice maybe three times three i think in total three times because well it wasn't a castle the first time it burned down it was a settlement and then like the native people burned it down because they're like fuck you um and then a which mass- they should have been y- yeah, yeah. Oh, hell and then, yeah and then and, you know, disease disease swept the population as it... Oh, fuck. Anyway. <laughs> as it does! <laughs> you know, some fucking troops. Just fuck them. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm still on Team Otter Revenge, honestly. Me too. I mean, Otter Revenge. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, I, I, like, I like these, like, <laughs> creepy evil otters. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. I don't want to encounter them, but I'll just take a dog with me at all times and I'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was... That was Urban Legend of Alaska, um, and I hope that we did a good job uh, with you know, it. No one's listening, so... <laughs> You're probably right. Nobody cares, but, but this beer is very good, so... Next time, we'll, we will be back in Alaska with uh, murder. With murder.
Murder. A lot of serial killers out of Alaska, just from what you teased. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, well that's going to be yeah. cheery as It'll fun. be great. Um, yep. <laughs> What's our sign off again? It's it's oh keep it weird, keep it wonderful. No, it's stay weird, stay wonderful. Stay weird, stay you, wonderful. You okay. came up with that. <clears throat> uh, let's, try, let's try it again. So stay weird, stay wonderful, and we will join you again next week for Alaska murders. Um, one of us is supposed to say the first part, and the other oh, one no. says. So you say keep it weird. Try again. Stay weird. <laughs> stay wonderful. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>